science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. So this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Game over, man. Game over. John. Yes. Pleasure to have you back here in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. You know, you were one of our very first interviews ever. 13 what? years ago. Wow. We sat down, talked about the state of fan films in Star Trek. It was like episode 13. We're now up over 500 episodes, but we've had you on numerous times since. But a lot has happened with Farragut since 13 yes. years ago. In fact, the last time we were just chatting before I began recording, the last time we chatted, there was the, uh, the impression that Farragut was being laid to rest. So... But here we are, Farragut Forward. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, uh, <laughs> we were working to get homecoming done and out. And that was already going to be the, the segue and closing out Classic Trek. Um, so that was the plan. It took us a while to get homecoming out. I think I was burnt out Trek fan films. And I just kind of purged everything, sold, gave away any of the trash. This was also kind of in the midst of the whole Agzanar wasn't it? It was, exactly. And CBS was like, Paramount was cramping down on fan films. And yeah, that, that's a good point. That was also another variable that with having been burnt out, now, now Paramount came up with the fan film guidelines. We had Axanar. And we'd already done like over 10 years right. of content. And it was like, you know, I felt like we did everything that we wanted to do. And with the fan film guidelines, with, as it relates to Farragut Forward, it just seemed like a bridge too far. And it's like just, so we just kind of nixed it. And um, I tried to retool it to be an independent sci-fi project called Vanguard, which was a space navy. And, but then I just, I just was done. And, I gravitated towards the Bond, the James Bond franchise and genre. And, uh, I worked on a few videos, uh, a few parody videos on the way to Bond. Worked on some federal government contracts. Don't worry. Yeah, that was it. Was pretty much dead. And then last year, um, my son had been involved in Johnny Kay's production of Ready Go One, and I saw what he did on his first film. The Killer of Grassy Ridge, and I was just impressed and blown away. And I thought, wow, I started to think about what if we wanted to do the Farragut Forward? If we wanted, and I had a monster maroon, I had some uniforms, I had Mike Bednar's um, uniform, and I'm like, what if we just do a three minute teaser? Don't tell anybody, put it on the internet, see what reaction we get. And it would have been what could have been the um, proof of concept that. I had no intention of ever doing anything more. Just three minutes, that was it. And I'd be able to say I wore a monster maroon for Captain Carter. That was it. 
Right. And we we uh, we did some publicity photo. No, actually, we did some test filming at Johnny's house of makeup, and he posted some of the pictures. And people on the internet, there was this big reaction. And we were already moving forward with this project uh, with the film. And so it just kind of grew, and we started then to think about what if we want to do the rest of the film, do a 30-minute film. And so we started collaborating with Paul Sieber, and, um, who was the evil press guy in the film. And um, yeah, it's, I'm back in the track, but it's been very much tunnel vision, siloed in the movie era of Trek. Um, watching the motion picture all the way to Star Trek 6 over and over, uh, learning, reading uh, as much as I can about Nick Meyer, Harvey Bennett, those that were very much involved in the, the movies of Star Trek. We used a, a physical model, which was Johnny's idea, and having grown up working with model kits as a kid, like the rest of us, uh, making spaceships and starships, we, um, we were able to, to do that versus CGI. And that was a, a pain point in homecoming because we were waiting for so long for special effects shots. But to be able to capture, and you see at the end of Prologue, that Klingon bird of prey, right. and all that depth of field, the shadows, nothing, in my opinion, beats real physical models as it come, as it relates to ships. Right. So now the, the three minute drop. And I remember looking at it like, wait a minute. John and I talked, this wasn't happening. Yeah. And I saw him like, they never left, is what it felt like. But it, oh. but it, felt, but it felt sharper, fresher, yes. with, uh, with what you were doing. What was the response to the three minute when it dropped? Oh, everyone, we, we didn't get like one negative reaction. Um, we've got a lot of, and we did a ramp up of, you know, marketing for it. And so we had a watch party and everyone just was blown away. And no one, no one is in the movie yet. So that's the beauty. No one's making the sets and making the monster maroon costumes and the Klingon warrior to the, to the, uh, to the level that we are doing. Right. So that's awesome. So the three minutes start. Tell me about the future. You're well, gonna we're going to, you know, gonna, I, you're going to do just the three minutes. I'm like, three minutes and we're done. And now suddenly, here we are. Well, you're going to see the rest of, you're going to see the Farragut, the movie Farragut. And you're going to see a lot of the regulars. You'll see so when we say movie, are we talking about how long? Um, 30 minutes. We're 30 trying minutes. to, we're trying to, you know, stay within the guidelines. We're trying, we're trying to color in the lines, within the lines. We're trying to do what's right. So it'll be around roughly maybe over 30 minutes, but yeah, it'll be about a 30 minute film. And we've made some action adventure films, The Price of Anything, right? which for me is my favorite classic Trek or classic Farragut episode, um, is about 36. So it's, it's shy of 40 minutes. And it's a perfect story that you, you know, I, I think people get wrapped up a lot when they think about how long something is. Because in fan films, people are used to the format of the five acts and the, the teaser and the and the flow of things as it relates to what they saw on TV. Right. But with the online streaming content, you're not restricted to that. Right. So if you can tell the story that you have to tell, 
within 36 or or less minutes, then yeah, that's all that matters. And if it's a good story, you don't want fluff in there or anything else. So there's no fluff in this script. There's not. They uh, we um, the script was written by. Johnny Kay is our director and cinematographer. Paul Sieber, who's written many of our episodes, uh, very, very much involved, stakeholder of the project, and obviously myself. Um, but we spent six months going back and forth, retooling. Different person would have ownership for a while, take it to a certain point, share it to another person. I've shared it to Paul. Paul would give me some. Then we, then we had a meeting. We actually had a sit-down physical meeting. And we talked about all the changes that Johnny had. And Paul and I, we, we had a healthy discussion about certain things. And at the end of the day, we all came in agreement. We, that's, that's the script that we're working on. So how has the restructuring of the framework of Phantoms impacted Farragut? in this incarnation. Say that again. How is the, the new incarnation, the new guidelines coming down from CBS and Paramount with Phantoms, how is that impacted or doesn't that impact Ferry? No, it, it does. I mean, we are sticking to the rules um, as best as we can. And we've always respected the copyright and intellectual property right. of Paramount CBS and Viacom when it was. Um, I guess that now it is again. Whatever it is, they change it so much. Yeah, but the, 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 we've always respected those the proprietary holders of, right. of Star Trek. Even when it was Farragut, I mean it was always it was never Star Trek. We used right. our own insignia, never used any of the music. Um, I mean, obviously, played. someone looks at it and say, well, this is definitely Star Trek, but it's not your, you're not calling it that. Right. So, and the Farragut doesn't appear anywhere it is. Right. Correct. So, we're, we're, I mean, it was canon, but you never saw the first material. Right. Uh, yeah, we, so it, it's, we are, We've got a construct, a legal construct, if you will, in which we are making our films, and um, and I think in some ways that actually helps us in a way because we could get even more ambitious in what we're trying to do. But having the construct, I think, as guidelines, it really it it it, it, it helps to protect ourselves, and I think in some way, right, right, it allows you to do it what you do. Or not get too crazy ambitious and you know try to do a web series, if you will, um, and how long you have it. I mean, it's easier to maintain a 30-minute film than it is an hour, an hour and a half. So, people watching, hearing about Harriet again, coming back, how can? people get involved that can help support what you're doing. This is a fan of It's not like you get a huge right. paycheck from it or right. anything like that. How can people who said this sounds fascinating, I love the old Farragut, I want to see some more new Farragut, how can they help the process? Sure. You can go to our Facebook page um, and contact us through there if you want to volunteer, if you're local. Um, we have some wardrobe people who are living in upstate New York. Um, we have some people that live in one, one individual lives in Chicago, another person lives in LA. So we do have people that farm out the work and they, you know, a lot of shipping and such. 
Um, so wardrobe needs some help if you're local to the Washington DC area. Our sets are located in Project Maryland. We are building more and we could always use another volunteer, especially if you're a welder. That's an expertise that we'd like to bring on board. Um, someone that has that resident talent. And the money. Uh, we currently have a crowdfunder active on Indiegogo. And we, we are trying to build, unlike our previous Farragut, uh, Starship Farragut web series, where we had sets and wardrobe already made, we're building everything from scratch. So financial donations um, through Indiegogo, we um, welcome your, your take. If you go to that Indiegogo page, Farragut Forward, you'll find us. Awesome. I was going to ask so if people have like a time poverty, but they want to support, they can do it financially through that. Yes. Very good. And as far as updates for the series, Facebook is that the best place? Facebook and the Indiegogo, there's updates that I'm trying to put out two updates a week out there. Yeah, and Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And we, use, we leverage Instagram and, and Twitter. So we try to tap all social Not media channels. Not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. I mean, <laughs> Maybe someday, right? Yeah. Uh, well, John, it's fantastic to catch up with you. It's been, again, five years, it says, since yeah. you've been at a convention. I can't believe it's that long. It feels like yesterday before. But I'm glad you're here, and we're glad to hear the future of Farragut kind of playing out here in the short film. Looking forward to it. Do we have an anticipated date as when you think it'll be complete? We do, March of next year. So, so all of this year will be used to build sets, build wardrobe, film, and we, you know, our our goal. And it may it may move to the right, but right now it's March of next year. Awesome. We look forward to seeing it, John. Great. Thank you.